The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You know the show, you listen to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, I'll tell you what uh, what matters to me. You know, that's the way I always start the show off. I got I got to let you know what matters to me. And what matters is, you know, it's it's here. It's playoff time. The NC2A, uh, you know, has decided uh, who is going to be playing and, and who is going to be in the playoffs. And the Buckeyes didn't make it this year, but that's okay because they come into Phoenix. That's right. They're coming to Glendale Stadium. They're going to be playing the Fiesta Bowl. So what really matters to me is college football playoffs is here. And so all you will get a chance to uh, root for those teams you want to, whether it be Clemson, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, Alabama, whether it be, uh, you know, Michigan State, whoever you want to root for. Because some of you, I believe, you're still hating. You're glad the Buckeyes ain't there. Uh, But... Oklahoma might pull it off. I don't know who's going to pull it off, but uh, wish them the best of luck. But what I, I do want to say this, and listen, you can be caught up in the moment all you want to be, but part of the moment is the only man in history to ever win two Heisman trophies. You should be in the element of understanding that that person there is almost like somebody who is not real, and that should be where your focus is that Archie Griffin is about to hand me this most valuable trophy and not the fact that I'm caught up in a moment and I don't even realize that Archie Griffin is handing me this most valuable player trophy. Of course, I'm talking about the quarterback from Michigan State who some people feel as if, I'm not going to talk about one of the big boy shows, feels as if it was, he was just caught up in the moment and he really didn't realize that that was Archie Griffin standing there Nothing really meant, you know, to disrespect him in any way. But it's disrespectful the fact that you don't even realize it's Archie Griffin there. <laughs> that, that's, that's disrespectful in itself because that's part of the moment is that Archie Griffin is about to hand me this trophy. The greatest, I mean, you can't get, you, there's, there's no bigger than your moment at that time in the fact that this is, you've won the Big Ten Championship and you're about to go to the playoffs and the person who is recognizing how well you've done and is handing you this award is the greatest college football, forget pro football, the greatest football player ever in college football is about to hand you this trophy and you being in the moment, you don't recognize that. I'm glad you coach. I'm sorry. I'm glad you are, uh, you know, the quarterback for one of those teams in that state up north. But anyway, shout out to those folks up there at Michigan State. They deserve it. Uh, They won the championship. I'm not going to be um, 
one of those, you know, who just is trying to just beat up on them for the simple reason of beating up on them. But act like you've been there before. <laughs> Don't get caught up in the moment. Understand the moment and be respectful to those out there that participated and made this sport such a great sport that it is. And that is uh, college football. So it's all set. Um, man, I've had people already, as soon as it, it came out, tickets. Really? Come on, man. Tickets? <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard thing. It's a long line. A lot of people want tickets, but uh, the Buckeyes travel well. I actually thought they might end up in the Rose Bowl because they travel so well. And it is the granddaddy of them all. And Kirk Herbstreit was trying to tell everybody that, you know, this is the granddaddy of them all in Ohio State. Uh, of course, the fact that we're playing Notre Dame, that would have been fine. But but Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, if we'd have played in Stanford, you know, those are the Buckeyes. I, I think they broke two records in consecutive weeks of the game against that team up north. And, uh, you know, and then I think earlier in the year, uh, that other team from that state up north. Okay, I can say Michigan State because it ain't that other team, you know. Uh, I think they also set a record in those two games in terms of a, uh, viewership. So, again, uh, those Buckeyes getting it done. But uh, let's, let's, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more, of course. Uh, I've got my man joining me on the line, Chef Julian, uh, who was in the studios with me uh, here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, during the holidays, but Chef Julian is back in the Hall of Fame city and uh, want to talk to him and find out what's cooking in the Hall of Fame city there. Chef Julian, how you doing there? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. Well, let me ask you something. Let, let's just, let, let me see where you want to start off at because there's some interesting things going on back there in the Buckeye State and, uh, you, know, it's, you know, I guess it has to do with here's Johnny again, you know, and it's one of those things where, it's, you know, how many chances does a person really get? And, and do you really have to put him on display if you want to trade him? It's not like whatever he does, nobody else has already seen him do that. You know, and, and if you've already decided that, you know, he's not going to be your quarterback, I mean, really playing in four games is going to change the mind of some other people who've already seen him play in two seasons already. Um, I, I really, I'm not sure I really get this, but because if he gets in, he performs extremely well. Are you going to keep him? I mean, is is, is Cleveland done with Johnny, Johnny Munzel? Because man, you talked about this before that if he did well, well enough, we we would keep him in and let him finish the season. Well, that meant on the field and off the field. I guess he forgot about the off-the-field stuff that he had to take care of. But, but right now, um, is, is this really, this is a job interview for him for another team? Is that what you think, Chef Julian? Or do you really think the Browns are considering that if he does extremely well, that they might keep him? Uh, I think, I think they, they might just keep him and they might start him. See, that's the thing. People don't realize Johnny Menzel is one of the few quarterbacks that was drafted in the first round by the Browns in the last 25 years and was battling for his position for the last two years. Most of these quarterbacks that they've drafted have gotten the start immediately, but he's had to work his way into the starting job competing with different uh, uh, quarterbacks every year. And when, they, when that happens, it starts to make him think, that maybe you guys just don't want me as quarterback, and or and it starts making the fans think like, 
if they're not going to play him, t- send him somewhere else. Get let let us get some players and get improve our team. But but but, but, but what you just said there, I mean. There's nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, uh, there is a quarterback by the name of that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, who, who, you know, he did not start, you know, as soon as he came in. It's not always best, particularly when you're talking about somebody like Johnny Manziel. Now we know it's not best to give him that bright spotlight uh, from the very beginning because he wasn't ready for it. So really what the Browns did was really they did something that was to his benefit, bringing him along slowly and and letting him compete uh, and not having all the pressure but even doing that, it, di- it really didn't help him himself because he couldn't protect himself from himself. And he got caught up in all the other things going along with being a quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, see, with that, there's a, diff- there's a slight but big difference when it comes to Johnny Manziel's situation and Aaron Rodgers' situation in, uh, a few years ago. Aaron Rodgers, when he was on the Green Bay Packers sitting on the bench, they actually had a good quarterback who was winning them games and then decided to retire. You have a quarterback that... No, I, no, I think you're wrong about that. I don't think Brett Favre decided to retire. I think, as a matter of fact, Brett Favre went someplace else and came back and played against his team. Oh, he retired from, uh, from the uh, Packers for a couple of years, then he came back to the Minnesota Vikings. Well, 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 retirement means you're done. <laughs> retirement doesn't mean you take a couple of years. Off. That's just taking a couple of years off, you know. And even so, but but anyway, regardless of the quarterback is good or bad, the purpose of seeing you on the sidelines is for you to watch what a person does, pick up what they do good, leave alone what they do bad. So that that really benefited Johnny of which some people think throw him in the fire. Everybody's not good when you throw him into the fire. So the fact that he got to watch somebody else make mistakes, hopefully he wouldn't make those same mistakes once he got a chance to get into the game. See, that's the thing. These last two games, it just looked like it was just so obvious that these coaches were just punishing Johnny Johnny Mandel for his video and for his problems off the field. It was. It just looked so obvious because they were getting killed these la- in both games. I mean, let's be honest. The Ravens were outplaying the Browns in that game the whole time. I mean, they might have got two. The Browns did get a few lucky plays, got a few touchdowns, but they were outplayed the whole game. And it just people were wanting, were just wanting them to bring Johnny Manziel in so bad, but it didn't happen, and it was just so. It was sad to see as a Browns fan. Well, you know, well, as a fan, and I'm going to go back because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and and we're going to have to take a break. But we're going to we're going to I'm going to go into this. Then we'll go to a break. We'll come back and pick it up. Yes, they were punishing Johnny. That happens a lot of times in the National Football League now because rules have changed and things that are you know detrimental to the success of the brand. Uh, they have to protect the brand. So with them protecting the brand of the Cleveland Browns, uh, Johnny Manziel was disciplined. And so therefore, yes, it cost the fans. But ultimately, when players, when we sign up for things, there are some things that we have to agree that we're going to do as well. And that was one of those things that Johnny agreed to. And not only, I mean, they really were protecting Johnny from himself. Johnny was in a rehab program, still is. When you're in one of those places, it's one step and one day at a time. And so they were really helping him, although it may have seemed selfish, they were really helping him. And hopefully 
uh, you know, Johnny will learn from these things. But ah, Johnny may be Johnny, but whatever Johnny's going to be, we're going to talk about on the other side of this break. We're going to take this break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City is with me, and we'll be right back after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. All right, you know this is you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Let me give a shout out to my folks back there at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They're just doing a tremendous job back there. Uh, of course, I was there a couple of weeks ago to take a look at uh, um, all of the construction that's going on, and hopefully I'll be back sooner than later. Uh, but uh, just so happy to see about what's happening with the expansion of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. also want to give a shout-out to my man, uh, Guy Troop of Troop 21. Guy should be joining me here pretty soon. You know, we always do it leading up to um, the Super Bowl. Uh, we always make sure that we... Uh, we're on the network uh, talking about players and their transition. And uh, this being the 50th year is going to be uh, something uh, very, very special. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what matters to me is that the college football um, season is over with and it's time for the playoffs. And uh, although the Buckeyes will not be in the playoffs, the Buckeyes will be here in Phoenix, uh, Arizona. But uh, you got Alabama, you got Oklahoma. Uh, you got uh, Michigan State, and of course, you got number one Clemson. I got a little history with just about every one of those teams. Uh, one of the greatest games I ever played, and talk about being starstruck as a freshman, Von Sean or somebody kicked the field goal on us at uh, Ohio State and Oklahoma beat us at home. 
Uh, of course, uh, I played in some great games against uh, Michigan State. Um, and when I think about Alabama, of course, uh, I played in the first time, I believe, ever that Bear Bryant and Woody Hayes played against each other. It was a, my first bowl game. It was a Sugar Bowl. And, um, of course, Nick Saban was my secondary coach my senior year. And Clemson, of course, that, uh, that memorable game I'll never forget in my life. It was the day that uh, Coach Hayes, that's Woody Hayes, uh, punched the uh, linebacker from Clemson. And uh, as a result of that action, uh, Coach Hayes lost his job. And um, so those, I mean, of course I can talk about what happened on the field, but those are things that kind of stick out in my mind about those teams. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get back to Chef Julian. And uh, here's Johnny again. And we're going to talk about him, and uh, I, I like the way uh, uh, Mike and Jamil's show, one of the big boy shows on the network of uh, ESPN. Uh, uh, Mike said he wasn't going to talk about him anymore. He, he said he just wasn't going to talk about Johnny anymore. And, 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 and Chef Julian, uh, and I hear what you, uh, your perspective is uh, on defense of Johnny, because it sounds like you're a Johnny Manziel football fan. And, and I'm just wondering... Um, I've heard some people mention Johnny Manziel could end up in Dallas. Uh, do you see Johnny Manziel ending up on a team other than the Cleveland Browns next year? And I threw this out to you earlier. I don't think you answered it. Regardless of how well he does, does he stay on the Cleveland Browns or is he on his way out of town and possibly landing in Dallas next year? I wouldn't say next year, but I would not, I would not like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns get rid of Johnny Manziel in the near future. Not not in the next year or the maybe not the year after, but they're probably going to get rid of Johnny Manziel. And to be honest, I really think he's going to make them pay for it. I, I don't know why, but I just think there's something in Johnny Manziel that might just have, if not a great career, a great season. Well, let me ask you something. You know, many times when players come into the National Football League, when they come to the National Basketball Association, even when they come into baseball, uh, hockey, I don't know so much about hockey. I'm, I'm still trying to get my, uh, you know, my hockey IQ up. But many times players are compared to other players, great players. Where and who do you see the greatness? And what player does he resemble to you? that you, you're so stuck on Johnny Manziel perhaps being this superstar that he possibly could be. Uh, what do you see? Johnny Manziel has a little bit of who in him that makes him a possible success story in the near future. I see him, I, I, I would compare him to uh, most, the most relatable player is Russell Wilson, I think so. Um, him and... Uh, uh, and a little bit of Teddy Bridgewater, but that's with the accuracy downfield. He's uh, a very accurate throw, uh, passer when he throws downfield, uh, much relatable to Teddy Bridgewater, but um, I think most, like, he would most relate to Russell Wilson. Well, uh, here's what I would say about Johnny and Russell, is that I, I would think that really, I think that's like, you know, one extreme to the other. Because Russell, in my opinion is as smooth as the other side of the pillow. I would not say that about Johnny Manziel at all. Uh, if I am in a situation where the game is on the line, 
uh, or we're just starting, I would be as comfortable as could be knowing that Russell Wilson is in full, complete control of this game and that no time are we out of this game. I would not feel that way with Johnny Manziel. I, I think that what Johnny does is Johnny, I think Johnny's a better quarterback on the move because of the fact that Johnny can, you know, he, he can escape. He has escapability with his feet. Uh, Johnny does every now and then keep his eyes downfield. Uh, Johnny Russell scrambles with the intent of completing a pass when he scrambles. But at the same time, when Russell scrambles, I've never seen a person as aware of the down and distance situation as Russell will. There's so many times where you see Russell Wilson get to the sideline right at the, at the marker and just step across the line and get out of bounds. Russell Wilson does not take hits. Uh, Russell Wilson, I believe, is, I believe Russell is a complete quarterback because I, I'm not one who believes that a quarterback shouldn't have the ability to run. He doesn't have to run, but he should have the ability to run and he should have the ability, the athleticism, to just extend the play. So I, I think Johnny Manziel, for entertainment purposes, I would, I would watch Johnny Manziel. But if I had to pick a quarterback to win in the National Football League and there's 32 teams, uh, I'd probably be in the 30s before I got to Johnny Manziel to pick as my starting quarterback in the National Football League today. I'm going to ask you that question, Chef Julian. You're the GM of the league, and you are the one that's responsible. It's like a fantasy league for making a, a quarterback a starting quarterback on a team. How many teams do you get through before Johnny Manziel is placed as a starting quarterback from 1 to 32? When is Johnny a, placed as a starting quarterback for you? 25. 25. That, 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 hey, that, that's, uh, you know... That's five slots above me, but but that says something. I mean, what chance is there that the twenty fifth best? And I'm I'm thinking you're saying from the best being the first and the last being the thirty second. What chances are there that the thirty? I mean, the twenty fifth best quarterback in the league is going to win you a Super Bowl? Isn't that ultimately what you want to do? Win a Super Bowl? So do you think Johnny Manziel is a quarterback that could win a Super Bowl in the National Football League? With the right tools ahead of him, with the right tools with uh, around him, with that offense and that defense, if he became more of a game manager and not a dynamic quarterback that's trying to lead, like trying to score and just manage the game, I think that he could. You you said something very important. Do you not understand that a quarterback's job is not to win the game? I'm sure you do because you said it. But I think some people fail to realize that a quarterback a quarterback is a facilitator. A quarterback hands the ball to somebody and throws it to somebody. That's why when a quarterback throws a ball 10 yards and a dude runs, you know, 70 yards, he gets credit for an 80-yard touchdown. When a dude, when he hands the ball off to the running back, the running back, you know, he handed the ball off. The running back runs for 15, 20, 30, whatever. You know, all a quarterback has to do is to be somewhat deceptive, to lead people to think that he's doing one thing and he's actually doing another. A quarterback really doesn't have to do a lot. And that's what I think Johnny fails to realize is that he thinks he has to do a lot, and he doesn't. And here's another thing, I, I, and I don't know because I haven't seen him that much, but of course I'm, I'm watching Cam Newton the other day, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching my man. And, and listen, I don't care if Ted Ginn drops the ball. I do not care. 
I do not care. Do you know in baseball, you can hit the ball one and three times and you're great. You're not just good. In baseball, if you average 300, if your batting average is 333, meaning every uh, 10 times you get up to bat and you hit the ball three out of 10 times, you're great. You could be in the Hall of Fame batting 333. Do you you know, uh, Ted again, you know, drops every, you know, he he only catches three out of 10 passes. You know, he probably going to get, but I'm never going to cut him. I'm not cutting Ted again. But I tell you what, Johnny Manziel needs somebody who can just take it off the top. Like a tag again. You know, you got to have somebody that could just take that nobody, like last night, Deshaun Jackson. So what? He fumbled the ball. Deshaun has so much confidence. He just knows, okay, listen, we get the ball back. Just just throw it out there. I'm going to get it. Does Johnny Manziel need a tag again? Will that help him? Uh, most definitely. He need, yeah, definitely he needs a receiver. He needs people to throw it to with sure hands. I mean, you got... Everybody that's there, you can't really, you really can't really trust in a game, in a close game situation. I mean, I trust Brian Hardline. He has some sure hands, but then again, that's uh, the Ohio State. Uh, that that's the reason why. Um, but with other players, it's just I don't know. Travis Benjamin, Taylor Gabriel, uh, who else? Andrew Hawkins. He he showed some promise, but. It's not all the way there. And Gary Barnage, he broke out this season, but you really don't know how long that's going to last. It's just Chef they Jukes. don't have the right tools. They never have the right tools on offense to really succeed as an NFL team. And if they did, I'm pretty sure they would be batting 500 uh, with the records. I, I, I really think so. Well, let Chef Julian, what we just revealed is the greatness that is the New England Patriots. I, I would love for somebody to bring up this, you know, again, those people who take all those statistics and the data. I would love to see what is the percentage of catches as opposed to in, uh, uh, incomplete passes with New England Patriots over the past few years. that Tom Brady has receivers that can catch. They used to call them possession receivers, but Tom Brady has receivers that catch the football. That's all you got to do. Just catch the football. That If you look at across the board, receivers, teams, you always talk about turnovers, but incompletions, balls that are catchable that are not caught can just kill a team. We're going to talk about that in a little bit more on the other side of the break, but we're going to have to take this break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You know the show, you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got Chef Julian on the line with me. What matters to me, college football has decided upon who will be playing in the playoffs. Oklahoma, of course, is going to be showing up. Michigan State is going to show up. Clemson's going to show up. And Alabama's going to show up. And just because of, you know, I'm going to roll with the people that I got some kind of relationship with, I think I'm going to roll with. I'll let you know later. <laughs> but I said roll, so you might know what that is. Anyway, let's let's move a little bit further. Uh, Chef Julie and I, uh, you know, having a great conversation here. Uh, but I want to move on because there was a great game last night, you know, and, and I mean a great game because, listen, I, in my mind, football in any entertainment should be worth the value of the ticket that you pay, whether it's your direct TV monthly bill, which God only knows I really got a serious problem with that now. Uh, shout out to Anthony, <laughs> but uh, or if it is the ticket you paid to go to the game or whatever entertainment, if it's your steak when you're out to eat some dinner, you, you know, if it's, if it's your filet mignon, you want it to be right. You know, if it's, you know, I love I love snapper. I mean, I love I love salmon. If it's my salmon, you know, a good piece of fish, whatever you want it to be worth what you paid for. The game last night was worth the money. It was a great it was a great football game and very entertaining. Uh, and, and for that reason, we're going to talk a little bit about it because, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. I don't know about that. The Washington Redskins, they got some things going on, too, with their name. But I'm telling you, when they got on the football field last night, they entertained people right down to the wire. And uh, I'm just curious, Chef Julian, Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins has been a, a great rivalry for years. Uh, the NFC East is wide open, but in the game last night, uh, I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, I, of course, thought that the, the Cowboys played some good defense, but but I think, again, what happened was there were two great receivers, uh, and I say great, in today's game, great. 
uh, Deshaun on one side, and 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 then of course uh, the, you know the big fella eighty eight on the other side, you know, and and Dez was pissed off because they weren't throwing him the ball and they weren't throwing the ball to Deshaun much. So it kind of made it a little boring a little bit, but at the same time, and when it was on the line, they went to the money men. The money men showed up, uh, but it was a good game. What did you think about the game last night? Uh, Mike Sirico said it best. What started as a pillow fight turned into a slobber knocker. Uh, it looked as though they were just like not, they didn't know they were still filling each other out, but it was like the end of the third quarter. That fourth quarter hit, and Something just, like, electrified both of these offenses. It was just back and forth. And to be honest, I think it was, it turned out to be a great game. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I think it was, they got their superstars involved. I mean, I don't, listen, if you throw the ball to them when everybody knows you're going to throw the ball to them, why not throw the ball to them when they, when they, when they suspect if you're going to be going in their direction or not? At the end of the game, they needed to get Deshaun involved. They got him involved. At the end of the game, you need to get Dez involved. You got him involved. Why not get them involved in the game a little earlier? I, I just, you know, Dez got pissed. You know, Deshaun wasn't real happy. But, I mean, both of them showed, you know, some emotional outbursts. You know, Deshaun, you know, jumping up through the end zone and, and then Dez, you know, going to the sideline cussing. Uh, but you know they are open. Why you know you in the National Football League? As as a former defensive back, I can tell you if the man has a step, if his hands can reach further than the other guys, if he's in front of your guy, or if he's side by side with your guy, throw the ball to him. Don't, you got to give the receivers a chance. Does it bother you at times, Chef Julian, when you watch and you look at these receivers? Again, some of them may be prima donnas, whatever you want to call them, but they're talented athletes. Does it bother you, and do you feel that the quarterbacks should take a greater chance in throwing the ball in the direction of these talented receivers and give them a chance to make a play on the ball? Um, definitely. I mean, you got to realize the caliber of, your, of the receiver that you're throwing it to. If it's a guy, I mean, if it's a guy like, uh, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, Travis Benjamin, you wouldn't take a shot. But if it's a guy like Deshaun Jackson or Dez Bryant, you're going to take a shot. If, it's, if, if Deshaun Jackson is running down the field full speed, but he's being double covered, I'm going to, I'll be honest, I, I trust him enough to outrun those guys for a 70-yarder. And if I, and if I throw a Hail Mary up in the air, I, I'd expect Dez Bryant to come down with it. So you got to just, trust that your receivers are going to come down with the ball and if you don't have that trust where, where do you where are you gonna who are you gonna throw it to yeah and that's and i mean and if you think about it that's when you see great catches when they take the you know the chance of throwing it to a guy when he is somewhat in, in some people's mind covered that's when you see great catches being made uh, uh, you know, Odell Beckham up there in New York. I mean, he, he they throw, they give him a chance. Eli gives him a chance to make a great catch, and that's all I want these quarterbacks to do. I want these quarterbacks to, you know, to give their receivers a chance to be great, because that's that's what they are. I mean, they they have some athletic skill sets that are freakish, and it's a it's, it's really art what these guys can do with their bodies. But the quarterback has to give them a chance. I mean, after all, nowadays. Because they are protected by the rules that an unprotected receiver cannot be hit, 
go ahead and throw the ball to him. Let him make a great play for, for you and for your team. And I think the game would be so much more exciting because it's a passing game now. And with the exception, every now and then we see a couple great runs and, and, and we haven't seen too many of them this, this year. But uh, certainly I, I think that they need to do uh, a better job of you know giving the receiver a chance uh, to make a great play. But uh, saying that, you know, knowing that's what we have to do, Dez came through at the end. He made some catches for the Cowboys, put them in position uh, to kick a field goal. Uh, it was said prematurely that Deshaun Jackson may have lost the game for his team. But seeing the way the game end, I do not end it. I would not say that Deshaun Jackson lost that game for his team. What would you say about that, Chef Julian? See, if they both did not, if both teams did not get a field goal later, I would have said, yeah, he probably would have. If they did not have another chance to uh, score, the, the uh, Washington Redskins, if they didn't have another chance to score after Dallas scored, I think, yeah, he would have lost the game for them. But they had a whole other possession. He scored a touchdown tying the game. And then the Dallas Cowboys drove down the field. If anything, that defense lost the game. Yeah, and 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 that you know, and I, I didn't really like the way you know how you know media always does this, and they do it just for uh, again to try to appease the appetite of those people who are looking for something. They sensationalize stuff. So in the promotion of the highlights, they left it that Deshaun Jackson may have cost his team the game, and then the next thing you know, you see the guy kicking the field goal, and that doesn't ex- tell the story the way it really happened. Like you said, he came back and he caught that touchdown, which tied the game. And and that was just in my mind that was just amazing and and I I like the fact that you gave your superstars a chance to be superstars you know you go out there and, you know okay I, I made a mistake but just come back to me you know and Dez is like okay throw me the ball they they throwing the ball to their superstar throw the ball to me so I can help our team win the game and and I think they won that you know. Uh, in a fashion which both of those young men, the way that game ended, I think they both were, you know, pretty excited about the contributions that they made and, and how exciting they made that game. But uh, let, let, let's switch over to, uh, if you will, um, I think there was a couple games out there that you thought were pretty interesting. Uh, I, I, I want to just ask you about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know up there in, you know, in the northeast part of the country, we don't like to talk about the Steelers too much, but... Can you really see a team, with the exception of the Arizona Cardinals, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chef Julian, man, they are hot right now. I mean, I mean, would you really, would you want to play against the Steelers at this time of the season, based upon what you've been seeing of them lately? Um, yeah, I mean, I got to admit that they look a little dangerous, but I don't, I wouldn't pick them over a few teams. In their, okay, in give their me, uh, conference. Oh, okay, so you're telling me, so you're, you're, you're actually talking about the Cincinnati Bengals because it can't be anybody else in that conference you're talking about except the Bengals. And so you said at this time in the season, right now, head-to-head, you put your money on the Cincinnati Bengals over the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I wouldn't. I said the conference, <laughs> not the division. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I thought you said the, okay, so so the division, we know they got that. Okay, so the conference. Okay, so who are you going to take? You're going to take Tom Brady, of course. Who else you taking over the Cincinnati, I mean, over the Pittsburgh Steelers right now that you think would beat them uh, in a meaningful game? Who, who are you going to take? In a meaningful game? And they are meaningful right now. So so who are you taking right now over the Pittsburgh Steelers 
in the AFC besides Tom Brady and his boys. And Tom Brady and his boys after last week's game, which you're going to talk a little bit about that too, I don't know if I'm going to take them. So who are you taking over the Pittsburgh Steelers right now that looks that they're that as hot as the Steelers are? I take the Broncos over them. I, 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 well, I hear what you're saying. You, you made me stutter a little bit only because, you know, you got a quarterback in there. The kid's been playing well. He's playing with a lot of confidence. The Broncos are playing well. I don't know if I would take them over the Steelers. That'd be a good game, though. That's a good game. That's a good one. But let's, let's say the way Tom Brady's been playing the last couple of weeks and, and, and the way uh, things have been working out for New England. I mean, the way they started off, and this can happen to teams. It's almost like the same thing's going to happen in basketball, you know, uh, with the Golden State Warriors. You know, y- you could peak at the wrong time. Is there, is there a chance that maybe Tom Brady and his team has run out of gas? Because, you know, health is a part of, you know, when the teams make it to the big dance, it's because one thing happens is they also play good on offense, defense, special teams, great coaching, but they stay healthy. And it looks like the injury bug has bitten the Patriots now, and it's starting to cost them. Uh, but you still feel good about the Patriots uh, going forward, too? Actually, I, I actually do. I think they can definitely uh, pull together. I mean, they've already won the division. They're probably going to get home field for the rest of the uh, playoffs. I think they're going to be able to win it and win, win the, the conference. I don't know about the Super Bowl. Because I feel like whatever team comes out of that NFC is going to be waiting for them, and they're going to be hungry for that title. And to be honest, it's a toss-up with the NFC. I know the Panthers are still undefeated, but it is a real toss-up. You got Seattle and Green Bay starting to make a come-up again. You got Minnesota. Green Bay hasn't come up. When when did Green Bay come up? I didn't know Green Bay came up. Last thing I know, Green Bay was still down. I mean, they're eight and four. I mean, they're 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 on the outside looking in with their division, uh, but not that far away. All they need to do is beat Minnesota one more time, and they have that division locked up. All right. And if if I shoulda, coulda, woulda, all those things, uh, you know, we're not playing uh, horseshoes. But I'm gonna give you that one. But Chef Julie, we're gonna take a break. We got about thirty seconds here. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City is with me, and we'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. College playoffs. They are here. You got Clemson. You got Alabama. You got Oklahoma. You got Michigan State. We'll be playing for uh, the chance to do what the Buckeyes did last year, to represent their school and the NC2A as the uh, champion of college football. So looking forward to that. I also want to welcome Buckeye Nation to Phoenix, Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl, which was my uh, last college football game I ever played in my life, uh, is the reason why I live here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, uh, because of the fact that I played in the Fiesta Bowl, and it was a beautiful place. So I uh, said one day I wanted to move my family here, and we are here. Um, so that may happen to some of those folks when they come out to Arizona. It's a beautiful place. Hope you enjoy it. But uh, what we do enjoy is uh, the show here, and we're going to get back to Chef Julian. And uh, we started talking a little bit about uh, the New England Patriots. And, uh, you know, other than the New England Patriots, who should the Pittsburgh Steelers really uh, be concerned about? And uh, Chef Julian, of course, said the uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, would be uh, one team. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the Patriots. Uh, is this uncharacteristic of the Patriots? Did they lose two games in a row, I believe, with the field up when the Eagles beat them? Was that their second loss in a row, Chef Julian? Uh, yes, it was, and that's the first time that happened since 2012. And, and, and so is that reason for concern? I mean, Tom Brady gets one receiver back, I believe, and, but, he's, but he's lost quite a few of his uh, the talent around him. And a team can only be depleted so much. And, then, you know, we really, uh, you know, Coach Belichick, I've, you know, I've thrown a couple darts in his way, but I've always really admired Coach Belichick uh, when he was on the Giants staff years ago when I was playing in Philadelphia. Uh, but uh, you, you, after a while, you've got to give the man some credit, and you've got to stop and think about everybody's talking about the Flake Gate and, and uh, you know, Spy Gate, all these other things. At some point in time, you've got to recognize the man's ability to coach and his ability to get his team prepared to win football games. 
And and they've done that. And now I think he's going to be really be challenged, uh, you know, because one thing that happens in football and in all sports is when you see one person do something, you start sizing yourself and making comparisons to that team. And you think if they do it or they did, we can do it. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles may have inspired some other teams to believe that in particular the Philadelphia Eagles, because of the fact that they weren't doing good, uh, there was some some disconnect in their locker room. There was a lack of confidence in their locker room, and and then they were able to 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 play the New England Patriots and beat them. And even though the Eagles played them in the preseason, I mean, you know, what they would do, they would scrimmage against them. That gives you a chance. Hey, I played against this dude. I know this dude. I, yeah, I can guard him. I can tackle him. I can intercept him. And they made some plays, but I think what they've done is they've actually shown a bit of vulnerability in the New England Patriots, and and I believe that they've inspired some teams that, hey, maybe the Patriots are not that good, and they may be able to beat them. So, you know, the Patriots' final few games in the schedule, you know, Chef Julian, do you see them maybe losing another game or two before the season's over? I think they might lose the last game of the season, but that's only because they're resting everybody for the playoffs. <laughs> I don't, I don't see this Patriots team losing another another game due to poor performances from their star players. I just see them losing because they didn't start any of their star players. Because this team is going straight to the playoffs, and they're going with the intent to win the Super Bowl. Now, I don't have it in front of me, but I, but I do know that the, the Bengals aren't that far behind. So in terms of home field advantage, with the overall record giving you home field advantage, do you think if they lose one, let's say in the next week or two, and then going into that last game in order to get home field advantage, it might be important for them to play and win that last game to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Do you give up on home field advantage, or do you try to win that game to get home field advantage in your mind? If you're the Patriots, you got to go for home field advantage. I mean, the, I mean, on the road, it really doesn't affect Tom Brady, but Foxborough has some of the best, has one of the best home field advantages in the National Football League. So, if you really need to get a home field advantage, especially if you're going to be, if if it's the New England Patriots, I mean, you gotta. Okay, so let's let, let's look at that division. I mean, that conference. Let's look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Who, uh, you know, other than the Bengals, I, I want to hear from you again. Who else do you think could possibly represent uh, the AFC in that, uh, you know, in the big dance? But let's look at the Cincinnati Bengals. If Marvin Lewis uh, doesn't make it to the AFC Championship game in your mind, because we've talked about this early in the year about Marvin Lewis and and the, the lack of, you know. A distance that he's gone on the long-term journey of the Super Bowl. If he does not make it to the AFC Championship game, uh, is he out? I'm not saying he has to go to Super Bowl, but if he doesn't make it to the AFC Championship, is Marvin Lewis out of Cincinnati? Yes, yes, he is. And 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 let me ask you, who else do you think? Okay, we got we got the who else is the real contender uh, in the AFC in your mind? Other than the three teams that we've been discussing, the Bengals, the Broncos, and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I I, I say the Steelers. I, I really think the Steelers look like they're in, you know, they're in for an opportunity, and and I, they can't win their conference because the conference is going to be the. I'm sorry, the division. I think the division may have already been won by the Bengals. If if, if it's not, they certainly are in a position to win it. Uh, so then they've got to. If they win Sunday, then they win the division. Yeah, and I, I think they're probably going to. So so then. 
the only way the Steelers can get in is with the wild card, and they probably got to maybe run the tables uh, for a wild card. So, yeah, maybe those three teams. So you're, so you're talking about the Patriots, uh, the Bengals, um, and um, uh, and Denver, those three teams. Uh, and, and those three teams, are you confident any of those three teams could really win the Super Bowl? I mean, the a- NFC – Early on, the AFC was what the division that every the conference that everybody was talking about because of Tom Brady, and then Cincinnati was on fire as well. You know th- that's what everybody was talking about the AFC. Now, you know it's the black and blue conference. It's the NFC now. They're moving over, and so in your mind, do you think that it's the NFC who has the edge in terms of the quality teams going in down the stretch right now? Actually, I think it's the NFC that has the edge over the quality teams. I mean, they they have more. If if you look at it, the wild card team will probably they'll have probably one team that's either uh, at five hundred or below five hundred. But at the same time, of course, the NFC is going to have a maybe will have a below five hundred team make the playoffs. But at the same time, they have better records than most of the teams in the AFC. So I think that, I mean, the NFC has a stronger conference, but I think the AFC will have a more interesting matchups in the uh, playoffs. Well, uh, you mentioned that about the NFC. Now, the NFC, the, the only people who possibly could make the playoffs with a, a below 500 record is somebody coming out of the NFC East. Uh, everybody else, I'm pretty sure their record is going to be above 500. But when you talk about over in the AFC, I mean, you and I only mentioned three teams in the AFC that are really any wor- worth watching or thinking that they could beat some of those NFC teams. Of course, the NFC team, we still got the only undefeated team coming out of the NFC. But uh, be as it may, those three teams going into the Super Bowl, other than because Tom Brady is Tom Brady, you know, going into the Super Bowl with Denver, or, or, or going into the Super Bowl with Cincinnati, I wouldn't pick Denver or Cincinnati to win a Super Bowl. I wouldn't be confident to pick either one of those to win a Super Bowl. The only team I think coming out of AFC could win a Super Bowl is because their history is New England. Uh, the NFC, uh, they got a couple teams. I mean, the NFC does have some heavy hitters. They have the Green Bay Packers. They have the Seattle Seahawks. And what about the Arizona? We got a minute. We got one minute left. But the Arizona Cardinals, come on. The Arizona Cardinals, you know, they deserve their props. They got a oh, no, damn no. good football team. They've been playing great football all year long. Ever since uh, Coach came over here, Bruce Aaron, you know, the cool man with the cool hat on, he's been getting it done. And and Larry Fitzgerald, the founder of youth, is is in his house. And you just got you know Carson Palmer's just playing you know lights out. And this is it's a good football team. Uh, they're playing good football. And and I I think they may make it to the big day. I don't want to jinx them. Uh, I've always liked their defense, and defense wins championships. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. We out. Got to go. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.